Welcome to Hope Anchors, everybody. I'm Sean. And I'm Johnny. And together, we want to share the hope that anchors the very core of who we are to all that Jesus is. Hebrews 6.19 says we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Yes, it does. You know, we, we kind of planned on uh, Johnny calling in, and then circumstances changed with my schedule, so he was going to be here in, in person, and then things happened for Johnny to where now he's back on the phone again. So, you know, it's really kind of interesting. We've been going through this journey uh, together called uh, Mixtape, and this has been a journey through uh, some of Johnny's favorite psalms. Uh, not, so we're not going through the whole book of Psalms, but uh, a lot of them over this uh, this series. And it's been really kind of fun to go through this. Uh, last week was a very special moment for me because I was able to deliver the message uh, at church. So the podcast itself was a lot from Johnny, but uh, you know, but that's just the way that we are able to do things in this uh, in this arena of this podcast because it is just a, a continuation of the conversation that happens on Sunday. And sometimes we go in different directions from way from where the message comes from and where the content and uh, uh, of the podcast. And so it's kind of neat. And I think today is is probably going to be another one of those days, wouldn't you say, John? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if you've been in the practice of, you know, listening to our messages from Sundays and then um, listening to Sean and I unpack uh, some of the things that we bring out from Sunday. But there are times, you know, we I brought this out a couple of weeks ago as well. There are times where it's like these are almost two very different messages and yet the same song, uh, because for my message, I really focused in on one of my favorite verses is verse 15, where it says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. And it just, it, it I don't know, there was something really beautiful about that, that, you know, God just counts it a, a precious thing for us to journey from this life to the next. And my wife, Michelle said, you know, I, I feel like God can't wait for us to be with him without distractions. Um, but, uh, what I ended up doing with the message for Sunday was really focusing on what are we going to be about for the rest of our lives? Mm. Um, when we, you know, we had a, we had a, uh, a message in the Psalm where we talked about the fact that we don't, we don't want to just count our days. We want to make our, make our days count. Um, but, but, um, the psalmist here talks about the fact that, you know, as long as I live, I'm going to call on him, he says in verse two. And so uh, there, there are a variety of times where he talks about different things that he's going to do for the entirety of his life. So uh, if you are coming to this podcast and you haven't heard that message yet, I'd encourage you to to back up and to hear and to listen to that message. But this one is the podcast, the conversation that Sean and I are going to have today is really pretty exciting, and, and he's pretty pumped about this one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always pumped when I can read into uh, the Old Testament and I can see Jesus. And this is one of those psalms for me. I clearly see Jesus throughout this whole psalm. And to give people some context of this psalm, Psalm 116 is what we're covering, and and. This was a part of the Passover meal that was a tradition for decades and centuries that were going on um, long before Jesus' life, 
all through Jesus's life and still today is part of the cedar meal that takes place of uh, oh, the cedar, yeah. Yes. And so they would read from the Psalms and they would sing these songs and Psalm 116 was a part of the meal and it was mostly halfway through the meal when this Psalm would come up. And so you have to imagine when you read this Psalm that Jesus is partaking in this meal and he's reading this Psalm himself throughout his life. And it's just one of those things to where the author is unknown. We don't know who this author is. And you can, I, I personally just imagine that whoever this was, God's hand was so much into this to say, I need you to write this down so everybody will understand what's going to happen and then what did happen. And so I just find this to be a beautiful psalm, and and I love imagery and stuff like that. And you talked about verse 2, and I just want to read out of the New Living Translation that it starts with, because he bends down to listen, I will pray as long as I have breath. It's like God is going to bend down to hear us. He wants to put his ear next to our lips and he wants to hear what we say. Even if we're just whispering, he wants to hear that prayer. But this Psalm is you go through all 19 verses here and see the voice of Jesus talking about his last days. Uh, Matter of fact, from the Passover meal to the time on his, on the cross, you can see the time in Gethsemane that he talks in here Um, And it's just, you know, the way that my, you know, the New Living Translation really speaks to me. Um, It's just amazing because it just starts off, I I love the Lord because he hears my voice and my prayers for mercy. And because he bends down. I'm sorry, go ahead, Johnny. No, I was just going to say, I I love that, you know, whenever you um, see uh, the songwriter talk about what he is going to be about, what he's going to do. It's always a response to what God already did. So the way we live our lives is in, you know, faithfully in, you know, kind of faithful actions are a response to God's actions towards us. And so he's calling on him because of what God has done for him, that that God has uh, heard his cry for mercy. And, you know, we'll see this in this song quite a bit. Yeah, it's just, it's kind of hard for me to, to go through and express how much this means to me when I when I listen to these words. Um, and, and, you know, I would encourage you all to go through Psalm 116, but I would also encourage you to go through um, and, and read in Matthew uh, about this time period of when Jesus goes through this uh, from the last supper to the time on the cross. And you will see a lot of parallels into what's happening to Jesus and why he says some of the things that he does, I believe. I mean, because he, I mean, imagine this image of, of Jesus praying to God and, and saying, you know, then I called on the name of the Lord, please Lord, save me. Then, you know, you continue on and how kind the Lord is, how good he is, so merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of children, of childlike faith. I was facing death and he saved me. 
Let my soul be at rest, for the Lord has been good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. And so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on earth. I believed in you, so I said, I am deeply troubled, Lord. In my anxiety, I cried out to you. These people are all liars. What can I offer the Lord for all he has done for me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. And I think it's that cup of salvation. This is, you go back to the whole Passover meal. Do some research and you find out that each cup, there's four cups that are being used throughout the meal. And each one has a specific timing and a specific reason for it. And it's just one of those things to where when you read this, and what is this cup of salvation that Jesus is, or that this psalmist is saying, I will lift up the cup of salvation. Well, who are you? Who's lifting up this cup of salvation? And you go through these meals and you go through these cups and you find out that, you know, you have a cup of of blessings, a cup of praise, a cup of proclamation that goes through all of this. I mean, to give you an example, the, the very first cup that is drank when the meal first starts, it's actually after service. Imagine leaving the synagogue and before you actually have to begin your meal, you're drinking the cup of sanctification because this is a cup that that purifies it, makes sure that this meal is holy. And then you go through it as you eat your meal. Then there's a second cup, the cup of proclamation to where you are going to acknowledge the fact of what God has done for you. Got you, you know, they, they, God rescues them from uh, Egypt and they're going to proclaim how good God is. And then here comes the third cup, which we know that by reading the whole Passover meal, when the meal was finished, God, Jesus lifts up the cup and he gives this blessing. And guess what? The third cup is called the cup of blessings. And this is what Jesus is saying about this is my blood. And it's becoming the blessing that we partake in, you know, when we take Holy Communion. And it's such a beautiful thing that here it all falls into place. And it's this fourth cup. And this is the one that's the most interesting thing for me is because this fourth cup you know, has been called the cup of praise. I've heard this cup being called the cup of, of sanctification, or not sanctification, but the cup of salvation. And this is the cup that he will not drink from until we are all together again. <laughs> and I love this fact that here it says, I will lift up the cup of salvation and praise the Lord's name for saving me. And it's not, I will drink from this cup, but I just lift it up and give it to God. And God has said, you know, when we are all together, we will drink again. And I find this so, so beautifully intertwined. And I can only imagine Jesus reading this throughout his life and going, this is me. This is what's going to happen. This is how it's supposed to happen. And, and I think it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing to, to just look at those parallel lines. And, and, you know, this is my opinion, folks. And I'm going to tell you, just like we always do, look into 
the words. And, you know, you can draw your own conclusions. You can go read a whole bunch of things. and uh, But I would encourage you to listen to what God is telling you when you're reading the words. I think it's really a powerful thing to think about the fact that Jesus and his disciples would have sung this hymn and, and Jesus is, in a sense, acting this song out. You know, um, I think way too many times we come to the scriptures without one realizing that there are other people around the world and all over time uh, who have, you know, come to these scriptures as well. But when you think about the fact that the song that you are reading is something that Jesus used with his disciples to celebrate Passover and was in a sense teaching them the meaning of this song. Woo, that's, that's really powerful. Yeah. And it doesn't stop. I didn't read the whole Psalm yet because I wanted to have a little bit of conversation about what we just got done doing. And this is just, that was just the first 14 verses the way that I read that. And you know, it's it's amazing how committed uh, it's it's it should not be a a shock of how committed Jesus was to God. I mean, that's not that's not where I really want to go. But how committed are we to God? How well do we know God to where we can see these things? And last week we talked about the benefits of our relationship with God and what He does for us. But the only way we realize what those benefits are is if we get to know who God is. Mm-hmm. And here, it's so interesting that we see a person that's going through these the struggle of being human, of dealing with adversity, but yet he hangs on to who God is and how truthful he is. He hangs on his reputation. He knows that what he has done in the past, he will fulfill in the future. And this is what we need to understand for ourselves even. And and you see God's love throughout this whole psalm. And you see somebody else that loves him enough and so much and hangs on to every word of God that he believes in everything. Imagine these words and you truly believe what you are saying and how how convicted are you when your words, when you speak about the praises of God, when you praise God, are you really saying the words from your heart or are you just saying them because it sounds good? Yeah. God really wants what's going on inside of us. I think a lot of us can put on a mask or, you know, put on a face and, and uh, in a sense, put our best foot forward. And, and but God really wants who we are at the deepest level of who we are. And I, I'm going to go ahead and finish this whole psalm and reading this. And it says here in verse 14, I will keep my promises to the Lord in the presence of all his people, all his people. Can you imagine I just, once again, I get this image of Jesus saying, you know what, I'm going to keep this promise that we have, I've made to the Lord and everybody is going to see me go right to that cross. And I'm going to, he's going to see me all the way right to the end. In verse 15, the Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. This is the way my verse 15 says, the Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. Oh Lord. I I'm sorry. Go ahead, Johnny. 
I was just saying it, it, it is in plural, but you know, when you consider Jesus singing this with his disciples, you know, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servant. I know. I, like, I heard what you said in yours. It's like, oh my gosh, that's even better. <laughs> uh, but it's, you know, that the death of um, Jesus, it was definitely precious in the sight of God just because of what it brought us. I mean, when you read a lot of the letters from the Apostle Paul or from Peter, you know, they talk about the victory that was gained on the cross, not just the victory that was gained in the resurrection. Right. Our cross, the, the cross gave us victory over sin in our past and the consequences um, of that sin. But then the resurrection obviously gave us the victory um, over death. But precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servant because of what it brought us. Yeah, and, and even it goes into this, uh, almost into the, exactly that with uh, verse 16, because it says, O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant, born into your household. You have freed me from my chains. I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I mean, Jesus is offering a sacrifice of thanksgiving. I mean, how much can Jesus offer up? And he's just, you know, what he did for us on that cross is amazing. And it, verses 18 and 19, just, and this is how it finishes. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all of his people. That in itself is so powerful. Jesus has known all along what he has had to do. Yep. And he says, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. That's amazing. I mean, I mean re read that with a picture of Jesus on the cross in front of the hundreds, maybe thousands of people who witnessed his crucifixion. But just the fact that Jesus ha Jesus is fulfilling his purpose, he is um, keeping his promise to his Father God, and in the presence of all these people, right in the heart of Jerusalem. Now, granted, he's uh, you know at the place of the skull, so it's um, kind of outside the city, but it's it's in the midst of Jerusalem. Uh, I get chills. I, I literally have chills right now because it just, I, it's like, oh my goodness, how revealing is this? Mm -hmm. And you have a, you've got a nation of people that read this Psalm every year. Yep. Every year, even his own disciples read this same song, sang this song on the night, you know, in which he was betrayed. The night of the Last Supper, they sang this psalm. And then they saw it lived out. And still, it's not unbelievable that they did not see it. They still had their doubts of who Jesus truly was. Because it wasn't until his resurrection and they came back to where they finally got it. So, as a believer in Christ, still today, if you're new, it's hard to believe some of this stuff until something really happens. And I think this is why God reveals these messages when we have this relationship with him, because he's like, here, I'm going to show you right now. 
here's where Jesus has been throughout the whole Old Testament. Jesus is not a new character, a new person in the New Testament. It's just God in the flesh in the New Testament. And here, it's just telling us what's going to happen throughout, you know, in history, what's going to happen to me. And here it is. Mm-hmm. I love even how this verse ends. I'm going to teach you a little Hebrew. Praise the Lord is simply hallelujah is praise and then yah, which is the first syllable of Yahweh. But mm. hallelujah is praise the Lord. Mm. I just love and this. And... When you think of the truth of this song, it's like praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's, it's really pretty amazing. Again, we would encourage you to go back and just read this within that context. Read it. Read it for yourself. Um, you know what what God may be telling you, but but think about it within the context that you are. You know, use your creative imagination. This is what meditation is all about. It's actually using your your uh, spirit filled imagination to put yourself in that upper room with Jesus and his disciples, and they're celebrating Passover. And a part of that celebration is singing these songs. This is, you know, you think of all the songs that we sing for Easter. We've got our favorite songs and hymns that we sing for Easter. We have our favorite songs and hymns that we sing for Christmas. It's like, oh, we've got to do that one. We, You know, it's not a Christmas if we don't do that song. Uh, but just think about the fact that these were songs that they sung during this most important holiday and pilgrimage, because people were, you know, on pilgrimage to Jerusalem in order to celebrate this, but that they would come together for this annual celebration, and these are the songs that were sung every single year. Mm-hmm. So put yourself in their shoes, in their sandals, and and imagine singing this with Jesus and his disciples in that room, and just imagine the truth that's going to, you know, that that hit them um that is going to hit you as you reread this again yeah and and johnny you said something that's very very important to understand of how this was a pilgrim's time this celebration this festival there was people that came from all over the country it wasn't just like the people in jerusalem this is why it says i go back and i read this uh, where it says in the presence of all his people because they were all coming to Jerusalem for the celebration because this is what they were, this is this is their tradition to do, and so this just brings it even to more truth and more light of what this really was about. And you know, when you do some research and you guys go into your own Google, I'll tell you that go go ahead and Google some of the stuff and find out what a different people say, and you're going to see different names for each one of these cups. Uh, but in all reality, there is just too much uh, about this to where you can't not believe it, that this happened, that this is true, that this is real, and that Jesus is real. God's love is real, and our commitment to God has to be real. Yeah, it can't be just God being God and you being you, um, you know, it is truly, uh, if you expect God to give you 100%, you have to give God 100% because it's, yeah, as, as a part of reading this, I would, 
I would encourage you to do something, whether you've got a journal or you just pull out a piece of paper. But as you read this psalm, that you would put on one, one side what God has done for this songwriter. And then on the other side list, what is his response to what God has done? Mm. Because that's the, the, the level of commitment this, that this songwriter has. And it's not, we've said this many times before, it's, it's a want to and not just a have to, um, where he absolutely wants to call on him for as long as he lives that he wants to trust in the Lord, that he wants to walk with the Lord. And it's always in response to what God has done. Yeah, I think too many times, Johnny, I love that point. Too many times we we go based on um, what have you done for me lately? Yeah. And we don't respond. And it's not about what I have done and what God has done for me, but it's okay, God, what have you done for me? And then I'll respond back to you. Is we don't take the time to really um, take the inventory of what yeah. God has done for us. Yeah. Well, hey, everybody. Hey, thanks for listening to Hope Anchors. Um, I hope you have gotten so much out of Psalm 116 and out of this podcast as Johnny and I love to give and what we get out of it at the same time. Um, it's amazing how God reveals his words to us even while we are recording this podcast. So I just want to thank you all for listening. Uh, Paul wrote in Romans 15, 4, for everything that was written in the past, just like Psalm 116, was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. That's been our desire is to give you something to anchor your hope to. So don't give up. Keep looking up and keep hope alive. Amen, Johnny.